relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. love that every time i see that i smile why because it's america it's stories it's fun and today i might be a little disappointed why because the choice of my co-host on making movies again making movies great again well it's not one of my favorites but he gets to choose it every now and again and we are so delighted to hear his explication of why Back to the Future is so good. Chris Coles, my buddy in movie-making crime. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, I can't understand why you don't love this film, to be perfectly honest. I don't know. So, you know, this is, uh, this is where you get to earn. I mean, we pay you so much money. This is where you get to, <laughs> to earn your title as co-host. Because I'm going to uh-huh. throw this over to you. I, I, look, I, I managed to convince my wife that uh, she had to sit down with me and watch uh, Back to the Future again. I have on my phone a, a slew of notes. Most of it is, is the really nerdy stuff, the behind-the-scenes things like, you know, who was the original actor and what, you know, <laughs> Michael J. Fox was doing at the same time as making the movie. We can have a lot of fun with that. But let's start with you. Let's start with Chris Coles, the host of yeah. the Mr. Reagan YouTube channel and the Alpha Critic. Why did you choose this movie? Well, I got it is iconic in American culture, Back to the Future. It is one of the films that many people say is their favorite of all time. And my brother absolutely loves this film. I think it might be his favorite. I have a friend who literally can recite every line from the film. Literally can recite every line from the film. I mean, it is a beloved film. And I have to say, it may be a generational thing. Because this time, as I was watching through, it occurred to me, it's kind of a cartoon. Yes! This movie is kind of a cartoon. There's moments where Christopher Lloyd will react to something, and he reacts like this. <gasps> you know? Well, <laughs> like you know what? Whenever I see him in this movie, I yeah. think of Who Killed Roger Rabbit, right? Where he plays yeah. the villain who turns out to be a cartoon whose you know, eyes bug out. And I, I find it hard to disassociate Christopher Lloyd from this incarnation and from the evil villain, the, car- the literal cartoon villain he plays in, who, uh, you know, in, in uh, who Killed Roger Rabbit. 
Yeah, and, and the, the, there is a lot of moments like that where the acting is very intentional and it's very – everything's very clean. Um, so there is a kind of like legend with this film that maybe maybe it's because some film professors have started to teach the film this, this, this way. This is what or... blows my mind. When I hear mm-hmm. that there are courses – college right. courses on back to the future and i'm thinking okay c- can we have like 200 courses on on blade runner and and casablanca before we have one on back to the future and, and to the point of your you know the cartoonishness yeah. the open this opening scene that we just saw the clocks going through the the professor's the doc's house at the end what do we see we see marty mcfly play this literal cartoonish amp with this right. you know, 20-foot wide speaker that happens to blow him across the room because it's like something out of Spinal Tap <laughs> right, that's right. been you know, set to 11. And it is a cartoon. Yeah, I mean, I mean it does have 80s movie logic. Okay, <laughs> let's be clear about that. Yep. But, okay, so, here, so look, look at Michael J. Fox's face. He, he is essentially a child. He looks like, like a, a kid. Teenage, he, lo- he, looks he looks like, like a, a little kid. kid. Yeah. And so what this is what I'm saying by a generational thing. When this movie came out, I was a child. I think it was 1985. I was five years old. And I was a man. I was 15. (laughs) Well, people your age love this film as well. You know, like it's not it's not as if most people your age don't like Back to the Future. Most people like Back to the Future. But if you were a kid when this movie came out, like a child, I think that people my age associated ourselves with the character because he looked young enough. You could say, oh, yeah, in a couple years I could be this guy. And, you know, so but there is a legend associated with this film that that college professors, they don't just teach courses. You said college professors teach courses. That is true. But they actually teach that this is a perfect script. I know. I know. I know. It (laughs) blows my mind. All right, carry on. Keep convincing me. Why? Why? So, why, what does your brother? What does your brother say about this? I mean, why is this your favorite for your brother? I, that's a good question. I don't know, but I'll tell you why I think that people say it's a perfect script. Because uh, some people say it's the perfect script. Hang on. I don't know. By, if I by would the say way, the by perfect. the way, the yeah. perfect script that they couldn't sell for ten years. <laughs> right? Well, the early drafts weren't very good. I've read the early drafts. Oh, you have? Wasn't... Oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. you're more of a nerd than I am. Well, when I was in college, I studied film, and, and, I, and one of the scripts I read was an early draft of Back to the Future. And I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm, they fixed it. Like, they did, they did good. Like, <laughs> but you know what's interesting is, like, if you watch the whole first sequence, the first uh, set of events before he goes back in time, everything matches up so nicely. Everything is, like, um, foreshadowing so perfectly yeah. what happens that the whole film really fits together like a puzzle. And if you've seen this film as many times as I have – you know exactly why they put this in this particular spot or whatever. And, you know, they foreshadow so many things and so many things make sense together as the film uh, comes together at the end. Uh, I think what they did is they wrote the film and then they went back and completely rewrote the beginning so that things that would happen later match up to things that they were foreshadowing at the start, right? They, they, right. they, they kind of finished the script and went, okay, now we have to rewrite the beginning to match what we did toward the end. And, uh, but it, it, everything works together. It, it like links together so brilliantly. It's all intertwined so brilliantly. I think that's why people think that it's a perfect script. But I don't, I, it's hard to say that it's like the perfect script because it's a time travel movie. And there really aren't that many time travel movies. There's like this, there's Bill and Ted's Excellent Fre- Adventure. Frequency. 
there's frequency. I what, mean, there what, are a few, but 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 films that are like super great time travel films don't come across come along very often. I think for some reason it's hard to do a really good time travel movie, and I do think they did a good job with this film. I mean, Terminator is kind of a time travel movie, yes. but it, I mean, you know, it, it it involves time travel. But this this film I think does time travel really really well. And uh, but that's a kind of a unique genre because it doesn't come across, but come along very often. I do think that it's hard to like use this as a template for anybody else doing a really great film because it's such a unique kind of script. But I do think that it it came together perfectly. It was really well done. I think it was it's pretty funny in moments, uh, you know, when like her, his mom kisses him and she's like, oh, man. This is going to sound weird, but when I kiss you, it kind of feels like I'm kissing my brother. And he goes, no, no, that, that makes total sense, actually. You know, <laughs> she, she, was, she was very good, wasn't she? Leah Thompson. Fantastic. Fantastic. She's worked with a girl that I know, a woman that I know. And so I'm one degree separation or two degrees separation. And so uh, I've always wanted to meet. I, she's, she's so cool. She's like such a cool. She was in so many great films of the 80s. And oh, Red she's Dawn. She's just fantastic. And a completely different character in Red Dawn. Red Dawn, Incredible, yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, he's still yet to convince me, but we have uh, an hour to go. We're going to talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff because this movie, the fact that it actually got made, the fact that it actually got finished is quite, quite remarkable, and we're going to geek out on a bit of that stuff. But in the meantime, this is Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, my co-host, Chris Coles. You've got to follow his incredible YouTube channel for just so much good content. It's Mr. Reagan. He also has the Twitter uh, handle of Mr. Reagan USA and his other new channel with new content just about to drop is the Alpha Critic. I wish I thought of that title myself. It's rather good. <laughs> I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, making movies great again. If you enjoy the show, don't forget... You can subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free. Yeah, the price is right. Go to Spotify, plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends and guarantee that you never, ever miss a millisecond of the show. Likewise, if you're fed up with what you got for Christmas, that ugly sweater from your aunt, check out all the amazing America First gear at our website, sevgorkastore.com. We're celebrating President Trump announcing his comeback. MAGA is back. It's a tribute to Star Wars 2024. We have the t-shirt, we have the hat, we have the challenge coin that our listeners, you, our viewers and listeners requested and helped design. It's got President Trump, it's got the America First logo and my catchphrase. Stay frosty. Go to sebgorkastore.com that's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A sebgorkastore.com Stay with us for more Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka and Chris Coles. Welcome back to Making Movies Great Again with me, Sebastian Gorka, and Chris Coles. Still enjoying getting all the amazing compliments from you, my dear listeners, for the new Dr. G, Dr. G Mark II. Yes, 42 pounds lighter. How did I do it? Well... 
Dr. Ashley Lucas's team at my PhD weight loss. First diet in 20 years that worked for me. Super easy. No stupid calorie counting. No starvation. No pill popping. Five times a day I get to eat and it works. Find out for yourself. It's super easy if I can do it. Anyone can. 864-644-1900 or just go to myphdweightloss.com. That's 864-644-1900. My phdweightloss.com. All right. We're talking movies. We're talking about one that allegedly is a good movie. Uh, the movie is <laughs> Back to the Future. It is chosen by my co-host, uh, Chris Coles. Chris, um, let's share a little bit of... Um, it's quite remarkable that, A, this movie by the two Bobs actually got made, and B, that it actually got finished. Is it not? Well, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's that amazing because I do think the concept was stellar. And at the end of the day, <laughs> dude, look, at the end stop of the day- undermining your co-host. The guys had like four <laughs> flops in a row before they did this. They they screwed Spielberg over with 1941 that completely crashed and burned. That's they, true. They, they, That's the, true. In, the incest implications in the script meant nobody wanted to touch it. And he said, "Oh no, it's quite. Oh, of course it got made. Come on, help me here. Don't undermine your." Yeah, co-host. no, no, you're 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 right. Disney Disney didn't want to make it because of the incest thing. And and I well because they were buddies with Spielberg, so Spielberg was just like, "All right, we'll help these guys out." Basically, is, right. is what happened there. Bob um, but but. But the truth is they knew they had a hit with this one. And, and here's the proof. Here's the proof. And you were probably going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring it up now. They originally couldn't get Michael J. Fox because Michael J. Fox, you know, was too busy with his with his show. With family ties, right. Family ties, right. yeah. Uh, that was the big. That was the show that kind of made him into a star. Family Ties, which was a great show, by the way. If you haven't seen Family Ties, watch Family Ties. And, and of course, the, the, the funny thing is he's playing a conservative. Right, he, he's the only. The, the great conser- thing about yeah. he's the only conservative in the family. This kid who walks around in a suit, he's the only conservative. Yeah, it's not just that he's only conservative. His parents are like like hippie Hippies. leftists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they raise this kid, and, and he walks around with a suit with a briefcase, and they're just like, "What have we done?" You know, we, you know, it's like the opposite of what you expect. The rebellious kid right. rebels as a conservative. It's, it's beautiful. It's really brilliant, and he's the star of the show. And the finale episode is really touching. If you've not seen that show, I, I, I no. strongly recommend people going back and watching it. But uh, let me let me tell you why I love this film. Not not why it's good, but why I love it is because of the nerd aspect. I mean, I love the car, and I love the time travel aspect, and I love the special effect. We all love the movie for all the normal reasons. But I also love his dad and how his dad is such a weak, nerdy loser getting picked on by this bully, and he's got this plan. Okay, my mom's got a crush on me, but she needs to get with you because you're my dad, and in order for you to procreate and have me (laughs) as a child... You need to get together with my mom, so we're going to do this swap, right? So he's going to, like, take advantage of his mom. This kid's going to come, like, knock him out, right? It's like a little bit of play acting, and then he will save his, like, you know, his mom in the car. Well, you know, uh, Alex P. Keaton here, he gets thrown out of the car by Biff Tannen, and this kid comes thinking that it's Michael J. Fox, but it's not. It's Biff. So this kid then has to make a choice. Do I walk away from this situation? Because this is Biff. This is my bully. This is the guy that's going to kick my butt. Or do I try to save this girl even though I know I can't? And he stands up to the challenge. He takes Biff out. The heroic moment. Then they do it again on the dance floor where some other punk kid pushes him out of the way. And he comes back. The music crescendos. He kisses the girl. 
Marty comes back to life and everything's great. And it's like those moments are, are, I, you know, even though it is a cartoon, I think they're very touching and I think that they're very uh, inspiring. And I have a soft spot for nerds because all my life growing up, I always had some kind of nerd sidekick with me all the time. Like every grade, I had a new nerd sidekick. And so I always so, so hang on, hang on. You, oh, you of course were the cool guy with the nerd sidekick, right? You you were oh, Batman not, with I your Robin. I was, I wouldn't, yeah, basically. But I wouldn't say I was cool. I was definitely uh, uh, not cool. Like people did not like me. <laughs> but I was kind why, of my why, own. Why guy. were you were you the artsy guy? Were you, you the guy into poetry? Who who was Chris Coles? No, I I was a writer, but I but you know, and, and and an artist. I used to draw a lot, but no, I was an athlete, and I was I was athletic and everything. I don't know why I was hated. I just wasn't very popular. I don't know. But All I right, kinda, we're, like we're going to have an episode of America First on that. I need to know why Chris <laughs> calls the athlete and artist was hated. Now now you've really piqued my interest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I got to give it to this guy. Uh, what's his name? Crispin Glover. I mean, it, uh, yeah. apparently he was a disaster to work with. Just one of these artists who was just absolutely would not obey the director uh, according to that making the the movies that made uh, made us or whatever they had to stand him in an apple box so he would actually stay on his mark because he was so often just walking out of frame because he said that's what my character would do but but with regards to what you said earlier and the, these moments you know the standing up to the bully and the and the cartoonishness watching this film again and i literally i haven't seen this film in i don't know 20 years watching it uh, this week it's a bloody dark film in places. Yeah. So yeah. number yeah. one, when, when, you know, and spoilers, guys, if you haven't seen it, when Doc <laughs> gets mowed down by the Libyan terrorists, I mean, a chest uh-huh. full of AK bullets, and he's just, boom, he's dead, or you think he's dead. And then you have the rape scene. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. have, you know, Marty McFly's mom is, you know, is, is about to be raped by Biff in the car. This, mm-hmm. is, this is not exactly a lighthearted film all the way through. No, and and in the '80s, this was actually pretty common with kids' films. Yeah, which we, what people don't even really remember about the 1980s. I, I like I, like I said, I was a bit of an outcast in school. I was bullied. I related to characters like Marty or like Karate Kid or whatever. But if you watch Karate Kid or you watch Back to the Future, you watch any of these or the Goonies, you know, the kids, high school kids, elementary school kids in movies in the '80s weren't just facing down bullies. They were facing down mortal danger. The bullies were literally yeah. out to murder them. Yeah. When Biff was trying to slam Marty into that manure truck, he was trying to kill him. Yep. And that, that was the kind of the crazy thing about the 80s. You didn't just have bullies teasing you or pushing you around. You had bullies trying to murder the main character. It was, it was pretty intense, man. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he's getting closer. He's getting closer. We're not quite there yet. It's definitely not the perfect script, but we will keep on struggling to convince uh, each other of our views. That's why we have Making Movies Great Again for exactly these kinds of discussions. And we take turns picking the movies. This time it is Back to the Future. My co-host is Chris Coles. Follow him on the Mr. Reagan channel on YouTube. Also, Alpha Critic and on Twitter at Mr. Mr. Reagan USA. We too are on social media everywhere except those censorious individuals at YouTube. You can follow us on Truth Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Parler, on Getter, 
on Clout Hub, on Telegram. If you want to watch us, yes, we are a televisual extravaganza as well. It is SalemNewsChannel.com. And most recently, if you want to get exclusive content from me, Dr. G, you go to Substack. My Substack is my name in one word, SebastianGorka.Substack.com. That's SebastianGorka.Substack.com. And don't forget, of course, if you're into the merch, if you want to be America first, check it all out at Seb Gorka store.com nothing made in china we only sell that which is made in america said store.com there you go our fbi t-shirt the fascist bureau of intimidation hottest selling item get it today stay with us for more making movies great again after these messages MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, my buddy, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back to my listeners. The Percal bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly $89.98, but now for you, just $39.98 with your listener promo. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percal sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-829-8468, promo code Gorka, or just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio list of square, and plug in G-O-R-K-A. That's 1-800-829-8468, or MyPillow.com, code Gorka. We're back with Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan, making movies great again. If you enjoy America First, please support those who make it possible. The great patriots like Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Get yours today. Uh, if you use my name, you get up to 66% off. That's mypillow.com, but you've got to use the promo code GORKA. That's mypillow.com, promo code GORKA. Over 150 different items at Mike's amazing website. You can also call them on 800-829-8468, but you've got to use the promo code G-O-R-K-A. All right, uh, let's talk about some of the, the background stuff here. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about who was meant to be Marty McFly and who was meant to be Marty McFly's girlfriend originally. This kind of broke my heart when I found out. So uh, let's talk about the cast, Chris. Give us your comments as an actor, as a, as a writer. What do you think about the casting here? Well, I'm mildly biased because I do know Biff. I actually know what? Biff personally. No, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who's a writer out here in Hollywood that I met. I used to work on a TV show out here as a PA back when I first came to L.A. And this writer guy that I'm friends with, he's, his best friend is, is Biff from Back to the Future. Wow. Yeah, so I added him on Facebook, and I wrote him a couple of times, and I'm like, yeah, buddy's with Biff now. <laughs> did he do anything so, else? Did he, is he from the theater? What did he do? He's a comedian. So he huh. left Back to the Future. It was hard for him to get work after Back to the Future. So he ended up doing like some stand-up comedy stuff. He tried to kind of get the Back to the Future stuff off of his resume, more or less, so that he could get other roles. It didn't really work out for him. 
So now he actually kind of leans into the Back to the Future thing. He does like a song about Back to the Future. It's on YouTube. Everybody can find it. It's pretty funny. Uh, and, but uh, no, look, this is a brilliant cast. As you know, they originally – and this is why I'm telling you that they really knew they had a hit on their hands. They couldn't get uh, Michael J. Fox because he was working on this other show. Right. So so they said, okay, well, we'll get this other guy. They brought in this other guy, Eric uh, – Stoltz. Who, I, Eric, Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Who, who's a, who's about a foot taller. He's about a foot taller. And, yeah, and some of these shots are actually uh, the, the reverse of Eric. Yeah, uh, not that one, though, but <laughs> some of them. But, uh, but, but uh, Eric Stoltz just didn't have what, what Michael J. Fox has. Well, not, well, well, not, well, not, J- not that. It was worse than that. They did five weeks yeah. of filming, and Eric Stoltz yeah. thought this was a tragedy. He, he, thought, <laughs> he actually thought this was a tragedy because uh, Mike back in the future, and he's lost his crummy past. Eric actually thought that was sad that he's lost this life that was crappy. And so he played this as a, some kind of Shakespearean tragedy. I mean, what a lunatic. Yeah, yeah he wasn't he wasn't playing it how this how the director wanted or anything like that. There and you go, there you go. So, There's Eric. There's Eric in the original yeah, cut. That's right. Yeah, so you can see these. Well, so so Michael J. Fox, if you watch the movie and just listen to how Michael J. Fox talks, right? He's got this very charismatic way of speaking. Yeah. It's sort of like a young teenager. It's like his voice is cracking all the time, right? right? And it sounds great. It sounds like the kid that you want to see. He's very watchable. Eric Stoltz, not so much, I think. So even though he ended up being a fairly successful actor, he was no star. He was no Michael J. Fox. And they got through shooting, like you said, what was it, five weeks or whatever. And they said, you know what? Despite the fact that we've already started shooting, we've got all this in the can, this movie's so good, this movie's going to be such a big hit that we can't afford to have a second-rate Marty. We need a first-rate Marty. We need our first pick. We're going to stop shooting. We're going to shoot everything again. We're going to bring in uh, Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox. I keep calling him Alex P. Keaton because that was his name on uh, (laughs) Family Ties. Michael J. Fox. And let's do it right. Let's do it right. They were so convinced they had a hit on their hands, they didn't even want to mess it up by bringing in one actor that was wrong. They needed every actor to be just right. And, you know, and, and uh, Doc Brown here, you know, when he sees that the uh, that the DeLorean, the time machine works, you know, young Doc Brown, when he finds out he's got a working invention, uh, he starts yelling something like, uh, uh, it works. It actually works. I've built something. I've invented that works. something that works. I've invented something that works. And it's so reminiscent of Dr. Frankenstein from the original Frankenstein film. And you can tell that they're getting their inspiration from the classics and that they're really, even though it is a cartoon, they are really doing a great job. And they really did make something special. And you got to work harder. You can't just say it, okay? <laughs> you can't just say they made something special. you got to work harder. you got 20 minutes left. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give it to you that easily. Come on. you got to no, work fair enough, harder. Fair enough. <laughs> Sebastian Gorka, former strategist of the President of the United States. We're talking to my buddy, my co-host, Making Movies Great Again, Chris Coles, a.k.a. Mr. Reagan on YouTube. Also, you've got to check out his new channel, Alpha Critic as well if you enjoyed this show you know where to find the podcast go to spotify plug in my name sebastian gorka america first it's absolutely free do leave us a five-star review it does help with those dastardly algorithms and share them with your friends it's one of the things we do here we get the truth out out one of the easiest way ways is to share the links with your friends the question that is yet to be settled is back to the future any good
We shall continue. Coming to you live from the ReliefFactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating. Half a million Americans, me included. Find out for yourself. Order the three-week quick starter pack at ReliefFactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me. And half a million. That's, 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 let, me, let me do a Biden there. 500,000. No, Biden will get it wrong. 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. It only costs nineteen ninety-five. That translates to less than a dollar a day. What can you get for less than a dollar a day? Nothing except potentially liberated from your daily pain. Call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. That's 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Stay with us for more Making Movies Great Again after these messages. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election story, Forming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Welcome back to America First. Eric Stoltz uh, just didn't work at all. He had to be replaced. They managed to convince, actually, the head of, who was, I think it was the head of Fox they had to convince to let him off uh, the TV show. No, not let him off. His work schedule was insane. So he'd film the TV show. That's right. He did both. Yeah. He did both. He'd get in a car, sleep in the car, and they'd film mostly at night. And then he'd get back and have like three hours of sleep. And one of the remarkable things is because of his constraints, most of the, um, the, two, the, the shots of different angles, they did without him. So when they're sitting at the dining table, you know, his mom and his dad are talking to an empty chair. And then right, later right. when he arrives, they'll film the, 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 the frontal shot of him. Um, but also, do you know who else they had to replace? Do you know who played Jennifer, his girlfriend, and had to be replaced? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. I mean, I know that they replaced her in the second film with Elizabeth Shue because she was a big star. Right. But, uh, so, I don't know who the original are you was. fan? Are you fan of The Office? I uh, no, but I know. I know The Office. So there's a, a woman called Jan Levinson who is a, a squeeze for Michael the lead. This very attractive. Uh-huh. I tools. do know who she is. Yeah, yeah. So, so she, she was Jennifer. She was the girlfriend. For, for back That's to the fascinating. Future, right? I didn't know that. And oh, then great. and then they can Stoltz, and Michael J. Fox is five foot four. Yes, he was too short. For and Jennifer's I, I towering over Jennifer's towering over him, and it's funny. They say in the making of show, they say, 
every woman on the set said, there is no high school girl who would ever date anybody shorter than them. This right, doesn't right, work. Right. You've got to get rid of her. And that's how they got his, his replacement. I will say women are very heightist. Yes, they okay. are. Greg, Greg Gutfeld talks about this on Fox a lot. And it is really vicious because, I mean, you don't have a problem with this, obviously. I'm 5'10". I'm fine. I don't, I, I've never really had a problem. I've dated girls that are six foot. They didn't care. But I do feel bad for short guys because women are always complaining like, oh, you expect us to be so perfect and so beautiful. Well, you expect us to be tall. So there, same thing. <laughs> All right, let's, let's continue because we're talking about Back to the Future. Other interesting things, um, who, who also auditioned for Marty McFly? Did you see the audition tapes? I have, but I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen those. A, a embryonic, he literally looks like he's just been given birth, uh, Ben Stiller. Wouldn't that have been a different movie? Oh, really? Ben oh, yeah. Stiller auditioned for Marty McFly. Yeah, he probably didn't. He would not have been as good as Marty, no. but uh, it would have been an interesting film. And yeah, th- I will say, look, you know what? You know what? You keep you keep acting like Back to the Future is not as great as it is. But let me read you some of the other films that were directed by this guy, Robert Zemeckis. Or right, I love he Romancing did, the Stone. I love Romancing. He did the Romancing the Stone. Yeah. He did Romancing the Stone. He did Back to the Future. He did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as you said. Uh, he did all the other Back to the Future films. He did Death Becomes Her, which a lot of people love that film. And then he did. A, a little-known film called Forrest Gump. Which is uh, a, an insult to handicapped people. And, <laughs> and, and, and another film that I have zero comprehension why it was successful. It is the most excruciating, wow. dumbest film ever that insults the mentally handicapped. There you go. You just proved my case for me, Chris Coles. I pre- you are such the perfect co-host. Thank you. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'll just have to stop there because I don't know how to respond to that. You see, this is how Democrats and Republicans should do this yes in in congress over this movies. is how the debate should o- go over, over movies over <laughs> right movies. they need to watch this and then use it as a template for how Bingo. they do their I, I i will say though i do love romancing the stone oh yeah i mean cl- classic film i mean well he- here's your problem i think that you don't do not tolerate any silliness in a movie i'm a fan of monty python Okay. Well, okay. Maybe that's not true. No, for but me, for me, maybe- so, so for me, it just there's no moment here that really touched me. Either in four terms, maybe it's a height thing. Maybe I can't relate to short people. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't. So a movie has to do a couple of things for me. It, I, either Star I have Wars to, has Darth Vader, and so you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to connect with the protagonist or, or, or with the. Uh, the environment. And I didn't go to school in, in, in America. We didn't have high school dances in the UK. So maybe there's, there's that. Uh, or it just has to be really tight and get my heart racing. You know, like a, like a hunt mm. for Red October or, or, or even a Romancing the Stone. That's like an action movie that gets me going here. It just, and, and, and what about the ending? Dude, the ending was so flat. Oh, oh yeah, his dad's a success and blah, blah, blah. And Biff's polishing the car. And then he says, just get in my DeLorean. We don't need no highway. It's kind of like, really? Is that the ending? Well, at the time, the flying car visual effect was actually pretty spectacular. I will agree with you that there wasn't as strong as a distinction that was uh, needed, I think, between the beginning of the film and the end of the film for you to really understand that they had become wealthy and successful. You had to watch it multiple times to really understand that ending. As a kid, I didn't really follow that, actually. Um, So that, I don't think, worked as well as it could have. But, yeah, the ending with the DeLorean – look, 
this whole movie in the 80s, there was this whole thing about the 1950s, right? Like today we have a kind of nostalgia for yeah. the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the 80s, they had a nostalgia for the 50s and maybe the early 60s. And in there was a show called Quantum Leap. That's the other yes. really, I yes. think the other time travel program that really did time travel excellent is this show called yeah. Quantum Leap. And they were always going back to the 50s. Always. Why? Because the because the, the, the adults at the time, the 30-year-olds, the 40-year-olds at the time, reminisced about the 50s as if it was this sort of like perfect time because it's right. the time they grew up as kids. Right. And it kind of was in many ways. And this film, better than any other project in the 1980s, captured that essence of the, of the 1950s so well. You know, And it did it, I think, in a pretty fair way where it showed that, yes, it was somewhat idyllic. But then also, like his mom, who pretends that she was a goody two-shoes in the 50s, actually was drinking and smoking as well, you know. So that everybody wasn't perfect in the 1950s, like they try to say. But also people weren't as vicious and nasty as they say. To like today, one thing I really don't like about the way that we reminisce about the old days today is that they pretend that everything was a veneer. Everything positive yeah, is right, a veneer. Right. And everybody was like a sexual deviant in the 1950s and stuff like that. And let me just tell you. My my dad grew up in the 50s, and when I used to go back to my grandma's house, all the stuff that we used to have, like all the board games and everything, or from like the early 60s the in the late 50s, because that's kind of when all of the yeah. kids left the house. And so traveling to my grandma's house was like a time capsule, like going back in time. And I can tell you, my family, my grandparents and my uncles and aunts and my father, they were like a, a basically a perfect 1950s family. They did have those strong Christian ethics. And even my mom's family, who wasn't even religious, they weren't even they were atheists or at least agnostic. And they were still good people. Why? Because at the time there was a sort of fundamental understanding there, of the United States. Just the, be a good person. There was a moral code. All right, you're getting closer, you're getting closer. Uh, we're making movies again with Chris Coles. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Coming to you live from the relieffactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating half a million Americans right now, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Leah from Ohio. This is Leah's story. One Sunday morning, I saw sat on my couch in so much pain I was in tears. That's the day I ordered Relief Factor. Following directions, in eight days I found relief only to get better and better. I'm a believer 100%. That should be you. That could be you. There's only one way to find out, and it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Leah, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You deserve to know. Don't wait any longer. Call today. 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. That's 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Welcome back to America First. I must have liked this movie a little bit because I was stuck in England in the 1980s where nobody had any of these. You couldn't even buy them. And I was obsessed with getting that red down vest. <laughs> I wanted yeah, one really bad, Chris, and I still you know want one. Well, it's it's a good look actually, and this this kind of vest came back, I think, in like the like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah, that yeah. kind of era, and everyone with, with the fisherman's jumper, right, with the Irish <laughs> fisherman's shawl neck jumper, 
Right. Everybody was wearing that. And and uh, and what's funny is because I guess like the way things are today, you could dress like Doc. You could dress like Marty. You could, you know, and actually nobody would really notice. We live in such a weird time now with like Amazon. You can order anything you want. right? <laughs> <laughs> and so the movie Etsy. is actually more Etsy. timeless today than it was 20 years ago. Right. You can get whatever yeah. you want on Etsy as well. My gosh. <laughs> well, my bigger problem is eBay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we've got a couple of seconds left. Uh, the other two movies, your take, the sequels. Oh, well, you know what? It, what's interesting is for a long time, people looked at the third movie as another classic, like as brilliant as the first, but that the second movie was more of a sort of transitional film between the two of them. When I was a kid, I absolutely loved that second film. I loved it just as much as the third one. I like the first one best, obviously, but the second and third one I love equally. I think they had brilliantly written scripts. Yes, the second one is a sort of transition to to the third film, and the third film is almost, I mean, it's a pretty close sort of copy of the first film. They reference so much from the first film, but it's set in the Old West, and it really is a time travel story. And it's just beautifully done. And, and they, they reference, um, I think it's Good, Bad, and the Ugly, where he's got the, the pan underneath his yeah, uh, yeah, vest under, and kind of copies that. Right. And I love that kind of thing. I love how he references a, a, another old movie that he's watched. And yeah, so here's the second film where he like takes the girl's scooter and turns it into like a, a hoverboard, which then comes back in the third film. And there, I, there's just so many brilliant little moments and everything. And yeah, these are cartoons, but and, they're great cartoons. Um, not bad, not bad. Uh, popcorn, popcorn movies, popcorn movies. Not, not sure, amazing, sure. not, 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 not perfect, <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, Romantic the Stone is better. All right, so <laughs> next movie, I get to choose. Yep, I am ready. I, I'm, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated. I can't wait to hear we need, we need a drum roll. Come on. We've got to have a drum roll in the sandbox or something. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll have an illusory uh, drum roll. I think we've got to do it. We've got to do Lethal Weapon. What do you think? Oh, you have made me a very happy man. You have made me a very happy man. All right, good. Richard Donner, Mel Gibson. Love Richard Donner. All right, we're going to do it. Love Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. In the meantime, you know what to do, guys. You should subscribe to this podcast. Go to Spotify so you never miss any of the Making Movies Great Again. You should subscribe to Chris's multiple channels because he's that productive. It's Mr. Reagan. It is the Alpha Critic. And on uh, Twitter, it is Mr. Reagan USA. Until next time. When the 80s hair will be permed and reaching our shoulders, it is Sebastian Gorka and Chris Coles. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head in a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. Our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, Conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. I have a dream. Ask not. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
America First with Sebastian Gorka. The historic chaos in the House of Representatives this past week embarrassed not only a party, but an entire nation. A small minority blocked the House from electing a leader or even swearing in its own members. Embarrassed the whole nation? Were you embarrassed? Did you even notice? I think not. That was Leslie Stahl speaking for the swamp, speaking for the self-anointed elite. Greetings, dear friends. Happy Monday. Welcome to America First and an amazing lineup we have for you. Events happening domestically and internationally, geopolitics in Brazil, politics at home. And we have somebody visited the border. Who was it? Oh, yes, the senile old man in the White House went to visit... President Trump's beautiful border wall, but just for a few minutes, and then he ran away. What is a real embarrassment to the United States? I don't do this often. I only do it when it's really important. Oh, by the way, breaking news, breaking news. DeMar Hamlin has been released from hospital and has returned to Buffalo. So uh, that is some good news, at least to start the week. I don't like to read things on air, but when they're really that good... You just have to. It's a tribute to their authors. And we have booked him for Wednesday. He is perhaps the greatest mind in America today, especially when it comes to politics and to strategy. He is Victor Davis Hanson. And at American Greatness, our buddy Chris Buskirk's website, he wrote a piece that is just a list of questions. And I'd like to share them with you. And it closes with this phrase that is the title of the piece as well. The coup we never knew. Did someone or something seize control of the United States? What happened to the U.S. border? Where did it go? Who erased it? Why and how did five million people enter our country illegally? Did Congress secretly repeal our immigration laws? Did Joe Biden issue an executive order allowing foreign nationals to walk across the border and reside in the United States as they pleased? Since when did money not have to be paid back in America? Who insisted that the more dollars the federal government printed, the more prosperity would follow? When did America embrace zero interest? Why do we believe $30 trillion in debt is no big deal? When did clean, burning, cheap, and abundant natural gas become the equivalent to dirty coal? How did prized natural gas that had granted America's wishes of energy self-sufficiency, reduced pollution, and inexpensive electricity become almost overnight a pariah fuel whose extraction was a war against nature. Was it not against federal law to swarm the homes of Supreme Court justices, to picket and to intimidate their households in efforts to affect their rulings? 
How then, with impunity, did bullies surround the homes of Justices Brett Kavanaugh, Samuel Alito, Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, John Roberts, and Clarence Thomas, furious over a court decision on abortion? How did we wake up one morning to new customs of impeaching a president over a phone call? Of the Speaker of the House ripping up the State of the Union address on national television live. When did we assume that the FBI had the right to subvert the campaign of a candidate it disliked? Was it suddenly legal for one presidential candidate to hire a foreign ex-spy to subvert the campaign of her rival? Was some state or federal law passed that allowed biological males to compete in female sports? Did Congress enact such a law? When did the government pass a bill depriving Americans of their freedom during a pandemic? In America, can health officials simply cancel rental contracts or declare loan payments in suspension? Since when did the people decide that 70% of voters would not cast their ballots on election day? Was this revolutionary change the subject of a national debate, a heated congressional session, or the votes of dozens of state legislatures? What happened to election night returns? When did the nation abruptly decide that theft is not a crime and assault not a felony? How can thieves walk out with bags of stolen goods without the wrath of angry shoppers, much less the fear of the law? What happened to the once-trusted FBI? Why, almost overnight, did its directors decide to mislead Congress, to deceive judges with concocted tales from fake dossiers with doctored writs? Did Congress pass a law that our federal leaders in the FBI or CIA could lie with impunity under oath? Who redefined our military and with whose consent? Who proclaimed that our chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff could call his Chinese communist counterpart to warn him that America's president was supposedly unstable? Was it always true that retired generals routinely libel their commander-in-chief as a near-Nazi, a Mussolini, an adherent of the tools of Auschwitz? Were Americans ever asked whether their universities could discriminate against their sons and daughters based upon their race? How did it become physically dangerous to speak the truth on a campus? Whose idea was it to reboot racial segregation and bias as theme houses, safe spaces, and diversity? How did that happen in America? How did a virus cancel the Constitution? Did the lockdowns rob us of our sanity? Or was it the woke hysteria that ignited our collective madness? 
We are beginning to wake up from a nightmare to a country we no longer recognize and from a coup we never knew. That, my friends, is why Victor Davis Hansen is perhaps the greatest mind we have alive today in America, speaking about America, about politics, and about the future of our republic. Let's, uh, in the break, I'll post that uh, article on all of our social media platforms. Read it. Internalize it. Share it. Because there is no better explication I've read in the last six years of what's happened to this, the greatest nation on God's green earth. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You're listening to America First One on One. It's up to us to save that republic and to make sure those things are answered for and that we stop the radicals who hate America. Guarantee you never miss a moment of the show. Please go right now to your favorite podcast platform. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Go to Spotify. Subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And don't forget the store where if you are truly America First, you can find all your America First accoutrements. Hats. Hoodies. T-shirts. The challenge coin to prove that you are America first. And the hottest item, the FBI t-shirt co-designed with Chris Plant. The FBI fascist Bureau of Intimidation. Get yours right now. Go to sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorkastore.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.